ding, ding, ding. Have you heard that before recently? Perhaps on Clubhouse, maybe Breakfast Champions, I don't know. But this human being who I got connected with there makes me smile with that sound on the regular, but more so importantly, with his heart. This is the one and only celebrity CEO, Ramon Ray, with smarthustle.com. Smart Hustle Podcast. He's a smart hustler. And if you don't know what that means and you also know my affinity, not my affinity, my aversion to that word, yes, hustler, not my thing. He actually flips the script on me, and I kind of like it. He becomes the podcast host of this show, and he puts me in position with this word, and I am so grateful. We also talk about being a PK kid, being an entrepreneur, being a risk taker, being a faith-driven mission servant leader and armor bearer. Gosh, the conversation is so good, and I know it's going to bless you. So if it does, will you share? Will you tag Ramon and I, Smart Hustle and I? Will you tag us and perhaps even do the extra leg, the extra opportunity, the extra gift to me, your host, Tamara Andress of the Fit and Fit Podcast, by leaving an actual review? I am on a review mission to get 200 reviews on Apple, on Spotify on any of the listening platforms, and it would be a great way to share your gratitude and give me a little Christmas present in the process. And Ramon, too, he's gonna share you back. He's incredible. Celebrity CEO, let's go. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Ready, set, run! That was awesome. That's so fun. You guys are hanging out with none other than the famous celebrity CEO himself, Ramon Ray. And if you have yet to meet him, first off, you need to go to his social media so you can contain some of his energy in a bottle. It's going to sell for millions here as an NFT somehow, some way. <laughs> I'll take that, Tamara. I'll take that. So good, brother. Thank you for being here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Tamara. It's good to hang with you, get to know you better, to serve your audience. And and I follow a list of amazing people uh, who've been here with you. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. And it's really great because I was previously on Ramon's podcast, the Smart Hustle podcast. He's also an author of several books, but I said the celebrity CEO because that is one of his most recent. And I have the pleasure of having a signed copy myself. And his story is incredible. It's something that I aspire to on many levels and am also gleaning and learning from on the regular And most recently, he took on a new title as a dear armor bearer to moi at the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference that just took place in Kentucky uh, in November. And so I am grateful to him in many layers and levels and, and excited to learn from you still today. 
Oh, I'm excited to share. And I think it's amazing. That new title was new for me. I called it something else. I'm not going to even say what I called it. I like Armor Bearer much better. And I think, Tamara, um, you are probably, or God brought the Armor Bearer out. It's something I've always wanted to do, but, you know, like uh, be a hotel um, uh, bellman or, or the person who greets you at the door with your luggage or something. And I always want to do something like that. So this is where I had uh, 72 hours or 48 hours of doing it. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And he he came in, in this really just like servant heart. And it was just like, Hey, if you need help with your social media, I know you're going to be really busy behind the curtain. I'll just take pictures. I'll go live from your phone. And that is like an influencer's dream. He clearly knows what we need and what we want. And that's not only because that's a role you play, but it's also a role that you've watched transpire in the need of an entrepreneur. And so I want to hear about like, where did smart hustle evolve? Cause I know you've had several businesses businesses and even sure. sold some. Let's talk about your backstory to how you are, who you are and how you've gotten where you've gotten. Cool. And I will, let me add one more thing about the influencer and, you know, having the camera person, whatever. I know how it's frustrating because I love my wife, love my son, love my daughter, but they're not us. Right. And so some days like when they're travel with me or my son will be at an event, which he doesn't really care about or my daughter, like, okay, dad, I'll go to the networking event. You know, I'm mimicking her and I'll say, can you take my phone? And like, just, Oh great. I have a second person. Not because I'm anything, but this is the world I'm in. I am the asset as it were. And so I'm like, Charity, you didn't see me talking to Oprah just now? Did you get the picture? Charity, you didn't see Barack Obama gave me a high five? Charity, you didn't see Ivanka Trump, whoever you want. You know, she's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's why you're here. You didn't see me jumping up in my orange socks showing through my suit pants? Dad, no, I was eating chips. So anyways. You did such a phenomenal job. And I, what I think is so powerful about it is in addition to being the armor bearer, and you guys have to look up fully what this means. Um, I know it from a pastoral perspective of somebody coming in and like helping steward so that the person can do the pastors specifically can do what they're called and made to do without having to worry about all of the other um, unraveling pieces. Cause often that's what's happening. Uh, but I've also bear witness to armor bearers who have done things as small and granular, but also seem pretty bougie from the outside looking in, like opening the water bottle and handing it to the person while they're mid conversation so that they didn't have to distract themselves to do something that sounds like not a big deal. Right. But Ramon is, he was so fine-tuned to every little detail, but you were also such an advocate for me that weekend to the point where you're like, you need to get in on this picture. You need to get in on this conversation. And even though I'm like all for the limelight, there was just moments where I felt like I'm not invited into that space. And he's sure. like, hold on, you're right there with them. Go up there and, and let me advocate for you, which made me feel so honored and comfortable. And so I, it was just such a special experience. Hey, can I mention one more thing, Tim? Right yes. now? Okay. I saw, I saw TD Jake. So it's cool. This is how much I love this role. Oh, love TD Jake. He was on stage, Tamara. This was so smooth and beautiful. Now, you can tell, now, people around me didn't know why I'm geeking out on this, but I like paused it and rewound what happened. His shoe was untied. Live. He's a big dog. Man of God. Tamara, see, I, I can we do a whole show on the shoe tie? Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah. I love it. I'm freaking out over here, too. So he was stage left. So his, his team was on stage left, his armor bearer. You know, there's several people, some are security, but there's the armor bearer, which is not security. Two different roles. So T.D. Jake just walked over. He's preaching. He put his leg up on like a little, not made for that, but like a, a speaker or something, was preaching and preaching. The armor bearer, clearly he had to be in the public light, but how he moved, you feel what I mean? It wasn't like just chomping along. It was a smooth move. Oh, let me put my hands up. Tied the shoe. TJ, and that is why. 
Point number three. Hallelujah. And he got and he kept moving. I don't anyhow. Let me. We can move on, Tara. But that that was magical. And you did that. Like you didn't actually physically have a red carpet with you, but I am telling you, everywhere that you went, that I went, right beneath you, right behind you, or right in front of you, I felt like there was a red carpet everywhere. So it was an unexpected present that I will always reopen just when we have a a conversation. Absolutely. Um, So I value you and and grateful for it. But you asked me, Tamara, yes, about Smart Hustle. Well, well, we can go on and on on this moment. But um, yeah, so I've started four companies, four small companies. And I say that, Tamara, because I think, you know, uh, Wall Street and Fortune and Forbes magazine, et cetera, understandably, we're all interested in Tesla and billion dollar brands. I get it. Of course, I am too, you know, but there's many of us, small comp- small businesses. So I've started four uh, small companies. Uh, one was an event business. Uh, one was a, a blog called smallbiztechnology.com that I sold. Uh, in 2019, I started in April 1999. So that would have been 20 years to the date. Now, there was an event business where we brought together hundreds of people at an event. Uh, and another event business brought it. Then the first one was a, uh, going out of order here, was a technology consulting business. And that I dissolved. I had to ask an accountant, what do you call it when you stop doing something? He's like, mm, Ramon, we call it dissolving. I'm like, okay, I dissolved it. That was many years ago. So- <laughs> that was much fancier than I have done. <laughs> I love it. We dissolved, dissolved exactly. I would, I would call it evolved, that company, because I think everything mm-hmm. you've ever done is a lead up to the next thing. Yes. Whether or not you call it the same thing or not, God's using it all for good. You're right. You're right. And, and, and Ramon evolved. How about that? The business, according to the state laws, was kaput, but Ramon evolved. But that's a little bit of my business sense. I'm happy to talk about other things, but that's a business sense of me. And so Smart Hustle Today, Tamara, who Ramon is today, it's a media company, and we uh, provide lots of content to small business owners. Um, and we monetize that again. I, it's easier to tell people, how do you make your money? You know, when you don't, it's confusing, but we work with very, very large technology brands like Verizon, Salesforce, SAP, you name it, any technology brand, they save Tamara a, a small bit of their budget for influencer marketing. Nope. I don't get the Super Bowl ad commercial. I'm not a big business. I don't get what Inc gets right. Inc magazine or whatever, hundred thousand dollar a page and big deals. That's great. But they save five, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 for a campaign for influencers. That's the space I fit in. So when Microsoft or Dell or Zoho or PayPal, whoever is um, launching a product, they may say, hey, Ramon, we have some cash for them. It's small for me. It's like, yeah, we have some money. Can you produce video? That's the non-scalable part. That's me. Or content. So I have a good team, a team of about five, you know, contractors, team of five. And um, we can do 10 articles, five articles, things like that. So I'll stop there. But is that helpful? Kind of know what Ramon does, producing content and working with brands then to sponsor it, monetize it in some way. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And I, and I think people don't think about business development or the amount of things that the person has done as an entrepreneur to get them where they are. It was so fun to hear like that evolution because I had counted at one point, actually, before the Grow for God conference, I sat down. I'm like, how many businesses have I actually started? And my mom and I were like dying laughing at all of the things, like not just like, hey, we're going to start this MLM business. That was also, we did four different MLMs over the course of 10 years, but actual businesses generated revenue, had an LLC, all that. There was over 11, 11. And that sounds crazy. But when someone says they're a serial entrepreneur, and I say that about myself, and it sounds like that's who you are too. You're always like thinking creatively outside of the box. This is, there's filling a gap and then they're serving that gap. 
And I feel like the way that you show up, especially in my experience with you on Clubhouse and the way you educate um, has been one of my favorite. And I think most, I think different differentiating factors than a traditional uh, influencer or even uh, media company. Sure. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And by the way, Tamara, I'm going to tell you a secret. Please don't, don't tell anybody. Um, but I started a fifth business uh, last Friday. <laughs> what, is it? what is it? I'll tell you, I'll tell you about the details of it later, but your name is on the private, not public. I would never do that publicly, but everybody who's listening, Tamara's name was on the private documents. I just haven't asked her yet because she's been a little busy with some things, but her name was on the document. I mean, okay, not the legal document, go, but you know, the advisory uh, document. So. I'm in it. I'm in it. And that's a whole nother component when I, and you have been advising me as well. And so I'm so grateful for that is the advisor role. I don't even take mention to the amount of businesses that I've been an advisor to. I sit on boards for, I help steward, right? Like I think that's such a fun role. I haven't really figured out how to monetize those other than shares. Shares are great, but they haven't monetized. So to me, it's just like extra time and energy. When you think back, Ramon, like back to little Ramon, little, we were talking about his dimples. If you're not watching live, he looks so young with his dimples. And my daughter is going to be ageless like Ramon because of hers. When we think back of little Ramon, was this like a seed that was example? Was it a seed that was sown from someone that was a mentor to you or a family member? I don't think so, Tamara. I'll share a bit. Then you can help me unpack this. How about that? I don't know. Um, I like it. I like it. So I was born into a family when I was born. Both of my parents were Christians uh, and my parents are ministers. My father died 20 something years ago, but he was a pastor. My mother's a minister to this day in, in a New York area church and the church I go to, a large church, meaning I'm not in that branch, but in the collective church. So born PK, preacher's kid. Um, and my father, though, prior to him being in a ministry, was an electrician. Uh, then my mother was a stay-at-home mom. You know, she did some modeling earlier before I was born. So the, the short, long answer is I don't think so. I think that hardworking people, another trajectory, as I kind of bounce around here, was me working at the United Nations uh, full-time. I got fired from there. So I, I think the – I don't know where the entrepreneur came, uh, Tamara. I, I, it, it, maybe just God put it in there, and maybe – I think entrepreneurialism takes a few things. You don't have to have all three, right? But as you know, you are an entrepreneur. You have to have a bit ability to have some version of risk. You and I were talking offline about how we're different, but some version of risk. Clearly you have some version of risk. I think too, um, being able to willing to get quote unquote punched in the face, I call it over and over again and told no, 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 no. And that excites you in some weird ways. I think that's the second thing. Creativity, right? Marie Folio talks about uh, everything is figure outable. So my point is, Obviously, my genes, my DNA, what God's given me um, are, are, are that way. And I think it lends itself to being a creator, if that's helpful. So I'm curious, because I was just having this conversation at a coffee shop beforehand. Do you think everyone has a component of entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial uh, pieces to who they are? That sounds like a very political question, Tamara. Um, but I'm going to interest you. intentional. I'm looking at it more through the creative lens of God. <laughs> I understand. I got it. No, but I, uh, so yes, I do. But in case you're asking, is, is, are people born as an entrepreneur? You didn't ask it that way, but in case that's a cousin to the question, I think no. But I do think everybody has the capacity to be on My wife, she has a wreath of business, ronsreaths.com. Okay. She has a wreath business. You know, it's a hobby. And she'll say that openly. It's a hobby for her. But my point is she's on Etsy and these sites, figuring it out like we all do. You know, uh, Ramon, can you come down, honey? Oh, I got it fixed or whatever, you know, because I'm the resident tech person. But my point is she doesn't like risk. 
she doesn't have to do it. Thank, thank God for that. And and just just not her drive. You know, I'm sure you counsel. I think you have mastermind and coaching pricing. I'm guessing is one big thing that you help your clients with. She struggles with it, Tamara. So my point is, if I'm answering it a long way. Everybody has a piece of it, I think, to some degree. But I don't think everybody's cut out to be a Tamara or Ramon. <laughs> it's yeah. a special sauce. No, I like that perspective. I, I think that where I, when I was processing it myself, is similar is the is the understanding and i hadn't really considered the risk piece but i think that's a massive part of the conversation because i think through the conversations i had with my financial advisor years and years ago when everyone else had you know a substantial 401k established or they had their uh their wills created they had all these other pieces to the puzzle and me and my husband who are both entrepreneurs sat there like, oh, we got no life savings. We got no 401k. We're just willing to put it all out there and see what happens. We're willing to risk it all in order to gain it all. I don't know what the variable is of that, but gain what we believe could be more valuable than the 401k lifestyle. Um, But it's a risk. So we were fast forward after that moment. About four years later, we sat down with the same advisor and we asked him, Hey, what is everybody else at right now? Our, mm-hmm. our peers, I was right under 30. I think I was 29 at the time. Mm-hmm. My husband was right in his young 30s. And we wanted to know what is their 401k read? What is it expected to be by the time that they're 40? And what is the game plan for us to be able to retire by a specific age? And that is how we have then formulated everything we've done moving forward. We wanted to make sure that we had the safety net checked off in the standards of what is the margin for this. But then simultaneously, we wanted to retire earlier, have more freedom to travel, have more freedom for our children. We don't really necessarily believe that you have to go to college to do what we do. And so it was just a really cool, reflective moment. And you have done the same thing. You've you've risked it all. When you think about what you gain in that risk, what are those things like for you? Yeah, I think that I'm still on the journey of talking about pure money and wealth, which I think is a good thing. The greater wealth, of course, is God's wealth for sure. But talking about, you know, we got to pay our bill and mortgage and eat beans and rice, as Dave Ramsey was saying, eat beans and rice. But um, uh, I get off track, by the way, Tamara, very easily. So anytime I get off track, feel free to whistle and snap your fingers. Hey, Ramon, you're talking live with Tamara, so feel free to do that because I'll just be all over the place. But um, I'm over here having a blast. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. But yeah, so my point is only recently have I done, you know, profit first and things like this just books like that to help me be more financially fit so what i'm my point is the downside of being able to take a risk i've lost a lot of money tamra because i've made bets but in the math though by god's grace i've been able to take care of my family and be successful to some degree if that makes sense what i'm saying but i need to do better that's my weak area meaning you follow what i mean i'm a marketer for sure event a lot of things i do well as you know what i do right but the part about finance and thank for my wife, you know, she's the one who helps throttle us back, you know, on that. But, but I must say like, a, like metaphorically, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, Oprah, Oprah's rates are a lot bigger, but Tamara, here's the kind of person I am. Let me know what kind of person you are. If I had a hundred thousand dollars, free flowing cash. And I had a thing to invite Oprah to speak at an event two years from now or save the money in a heartbeat. I would bet that, okay, Oprah, can I use your name and face for the next two years? Can I say Oprah's coming to, you know, the NJ pack? She said, yep, Ramon, whatever you want, but you got to give me the money. You know what I'm saying? So my point is I would use the money for that because I would hope I could turn it to half a million. That's just me. (laughs) I'm in. I totally see that. And that's, I guess, the ultimate, the risk experience of it because other people would be like, why would you bet on that? Why would that really help you? 
And I just think understanding one of the things that you've really understood is this idea of authority, social authority, and who you're partnering with, because I feel like a lot of what you do is based on positioning and partnership. Um, did you ever have an experience when you were coming, even maybe through the United Nations, you experienced this, where partnership was, fell through and you learned a lot from that experience? Yeah. Thankfully, Tamara, I've not, let's say, fell through one indicator is money. I've never lost money on partnerships. Um, now, my wife reads people much better. They say ladies do in general. You know, they're good intuitive people and all those things. I'm not a brain science person, but I'm sure you know what I mean. But no, it, it's never... I've had toxic relationships, and that's one at the UN was very toxic, but it was corporate. And as my understanding, that happens a lot in corporate. But I think the freedom we have as entrepreneurs, let's say Tamron Ramon, we decide we're going to work together on something. There's enough runway and time for Tamron to fill me out, me to fill her out. You know, Ramon, you're a nice person, Tamron, nice person, but let's just let's just keep it LinkedIn only. <laughs> you know, so you know, be, so because of that, I haven't really been burned, Tamron. I've done a lot of joint things together, shared money. And I guess that also, I'm, I'm a firm believer, who's holding the bag? And for example, I am, um, my um, my um, social media manager, I don't know why I tear up, his name is Costatine. He, uh, I hired him off of Upwork, a, a contractor site. I said, dude, listen, I'm going to pay you a week up front. Because, you know, I going back and forth about money. Who owns, I said, listen, I'll make it easy for you. I want to work with you. I'll make it easy. I'm sending you the money. You have nothing to lose now. I've already paid you for the, like the month's work. But that sealed his heart. So I don't know how I got on that. But my point about relationships, Tamara, I guess what I'm trying to say is where's the leverage I ask myself? So if I trust them and I'm losing, that's their, they got, that's their problem. Meaning it's good. On their side, it's good. If I'm losing money, then I can mitigate myself. Maybe their steps, payments, installments. You feel what I'm trying to get at? Meaning so for some reason, by God's grace, I've been pretty good at not getting burned with relationships because I, I strategize it quickly in my brain, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you actually drew it into like team experience because it's similar to client experience. And we were having a conversation sitting on the couch with my mom the other day who has really stepped into the role of like sales for mm -hmm. our company. One, because I just don't have the capacity. And two, I suck at it. Let's just be honest. I can't, we can't be good at everything, right, Ramon? We can't be good at everything. I would literally give everything all the time. My sales calls are our coaching calls. And people leave and they're like, oh, I don't need your services anymore because you just gave me the blueprint, right? I love it. I'm okay with that. However, my team who would like to feed their family is not okay with it. Yeah. So they, they kindly moved me away. So You're the asset, Tamara. They're saving, the they're they're saving the mama, asset. in this case, you for that. <laughs> right? So we're sitting there on the couch and we're having this conversation about sales and objections. Yes. And um, my husband brought, brings up uh, a, a, what is it? A reel. It was yeah. a reel, not a TikTok. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it was a conversation uh, with these two people. I didn't know who they were, but they, it had millions of followers. We know how everything can go viral now. Mm -hmm. But it was talking about a conversation that the guy was pitching the other guy. He was making a sale and he said, it's a thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm willing to risk a thousand dollars. Right. This is what we hear from clients all mm -hmm. the time. Oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the 20 K investment for that mastermind. And so they said, okay, well, what if I do it this way? What if I actually give you the entire experience for free and I will take a cut on your sales? And we were sitting there. I'm like, oh, what a br brilliant idea. And the guy was like, okay, well, what cut are you going to take? And he was like, well, I'll take 50 and you take 50. And the guy said, well, that's a lot of money. What if I end up making millions of dollars? And he said, that's your risk. 
I'm risking everything on you to give you the forefront of the marketing development of the business design of the client acquisition opportunity, but I want 50% in. And my entrepreneurial brain was like a ping pong experience. I'm ding, 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 like one of those pinball machines. I was, it was just like you when you do it in the morning on Clubhouse. Yes, yes. Ding, 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 your yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can I just run my entire business like this? I'll just be a serial entrepreneur for all of the clients that I fully believe in. I don't, they don't have to put anything up front. I'll bid on you with all of my gifts and talents. If you are willing to share your profit, it's no different than a shark tank experience. Right. And most people will say no. And he went back and was like, okay, I see your value. I'll give you the thousand dollars to get me started. But I'm su- I'm surprised, actually, if we don't mind on this a bit more, Tamara, why did he say no, I'm surprised? I mean, I know it's a, an example, but if going back with me and you, maybe it's different people. But I think that, I, I guess, maybe because he believed in himself so much, oh, yes, That's and he knew he would kill it. So he's like, no, I want to give Tamara a thousand because I want to keep all 10 million. That must have been, it. he knew. So that means he believed in himself. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, yeah, I yeah, okay. Yeah, I processed the same exact thing. I was like, why wouldn't he do that? But it makes total sense. And like, he knows the profitability. He knows what could be. And again, that goes back to entrepreneurship. We're willing to pay it out in order to see what can become. Um, But I thought it was a really interesting perspective. And I feel like with your celebrity CEO status, and I've got to reopen this book. You guys, I don't know about you, but I have books on books on books from people that I can't wait to sit down and read. I just don't spend the time to do it. I constantly am reading audible specifically is my, my forte. I want to know what's inside this book. You want to give my, my customers, my, my client, my community. Yeah. Two key things. Uh, Most people or many people, whatever word you want to use are looking for the quick sale. Tamara, can you buy my pen, please? Tamara, Tamara, buy my pen. It's on sale on sale. I get that sales, clothing, conversion, all these things, e-commerce, click and buy. There's a place for all that. Another version of how to make money. The celebrity CEO principle is two or three main things. One, ask for a smile before you ask for a sale. Guys do this all the time. You know, we're trying to get a girl's, I did it to my wife. Heck, she she said no to me. That's exactly why we're married. She shouldn't have said no. She shouldn't have said no. She said no. And I was like, I'm chasing, hunting you down. 28 years, Tamara. Anyways, um, point is, so ask for a smile before you ask for a sale. What that means is, Build a community of fans that you're nurturing to buy from you. Tamara does well with her podcast events, all the things she's doing. This is the model. It's not a duh, you know, moment. Oh, well, we knew that, but it's drilling it into you. You need to make sales. But those of you who want long-term sales, that's why the social media, the reels, the TikTok, all these things in a good way, it builds up trust. My friend, John Jantz, you may have interviewed him, No Like and Trust. This is what he talks about in his book, Duct Tape Marketing, right? It's all about building this. So that's the concept of how to be a celebrity CEO in your industry. It doesn't mean being Beyonce or Kardashian, whoever your famous person of the year is. It's being well-known in your community. Tamara's well-known, Fit and Faith podcast, right? Top 2%, 2.5% podcast in the world, right? Same thing with we all have communities. You may be right now a mom in Austin, Texas, selling crochet baby beanies. I don't know. Get well-known in your church and be the celebrity CEO of your 521-person church. Or you may be a dad who fixes trucks, you know, in uh, northern Ontario somewhere. Where's Ontario? Canada, yeah. Northern Ontario somewhere. (laughs) Be well-known in that community. So I'm saying those things because it's not just dot-coms and stuff, Tamara. It's for everybody to be the celebrity CEO in their industry. That's the concept. Yeah, I think that's really brilliant. And it goes to show, too, that everyone has the capability of doing it. 
you know, when we're in a society that like people chase fame, they chase the numbers, they chase the virality. And I, I'll be honest, I, I think it'd be awesome if, if when a video goes viral, I've had TikTok videos, I've had real, not TikTok, real videos go mm-hmm. viral in, you know, four hour time frame. I'm like, holy cow, there's 25,000 people. Right. That's not even millions, right? When people get that cele- that celebrity, mm-hmm. do you think that it's possible for them to stay rooted rather than lose out on the original mission or vision of what they're creating? It's very tough. You look at some influencers that I don't know if you know them personally, but names we've heard of couples that have had some issues and things. You know, it, it's tough. Uh, my, my, uh, you know, I've mentioned my wife several times because I know, you know, you're a faith based person. So, you know, she keeps me grounded. So it, it is tough, uh, Tamara. The fame, you and I are, are in front of camera people, right? I'm just giving the reality. I, I don't know about you, but I know I have to check myself when I go to the hotel room. I pray, pray at a stage. I pray um, because I, I want to be humble. I, we have to be showcased in the limelight. Hey, what's up? There's performance. I'm being real. That's This is the art of, of stagecraft. I mean, if it's for God, then I, my minister, I'm sidetracked here. Ask me, Ramon, why do you always close your eyes when you testify in church? The reason I do it, Tamara, because that's a no performance zone. And I know myself, I am a performer as it were, but I have to close my eyes in the pulpit because <laughs> I'll be <laughs> I'll be reading people and doing what I do for a living. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want that to happen anyways. So um, yes. Yeah, so I think that it's hard. When you see that happening and see the fame and all those things, but it's doable. I think if you humble brag, as it were, whatever word you want to use, I think you, if, and especially Tamara, if your mission is to shine, whether for Christ or for business, that's your mission, your calling. Like you imagine your pastor, Tamara, my pastor saying, no, no, I, I'm not going to use the mic to preach today. Dude, we need to hear you. Yes, that's really powerful. And I, and I guess for me, I'm always conscientious now because I wasn't always of that concept of like circle of influence and who is actually around you. Like your wife is clearly that person who's like pulling at the back tail of your tux and is like, sit down just for a minute, sit down. And I have that with Gary so much so, but at the same exact time, if it's silent or something powerful needs to be said, he'll literally like push me from behind and lead me into the front of the crowd. And here's the mic because he knows our power, right? He knows our ability. We were at a, uh, one of his best friends. I'd never met anybody in the room other than the best friend, not even the significant other, the the bride. And he hands me the mic when they ask the question, does anybody else want to share? He's like, Tamara. And I was like, I, I don't even think I know her name. Are you joking right now? Hundreds of people at a party I didn't know. So of course I take the mic and I start sharing and everyone's like, that was amazing. That was beautiful. And he's like, told you you'd be fine. I'm like, oh, you're going down, buddy. But the, the man refuses to take a mic. So I think it's important. We know what our gifts and talents are, but we we create a circle of influence with people who will sustain us in that experience. And I think the sustainability is really the question. Less about the one-time, one-off experience, because anybody can go viral now, but more about the sustainability of what does that fame do to us mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally. Um, and, and I am really passionate about helping people, especially entrepreneurs who have that ability to go not just viral, but go into the place of wealth that does look from a worldly lens, like just the money and the riches, right? Mm-hmm. And us knowing truly the foundation of wealth, having the joy and the peace and the patience and all of the fruits of the spirit. Um, resources are important. And I think money is a huge resource that we can use for the kingdom, yes. but it's not everything.
I see you, sister. The dream is spinning in your soul, calling you forward, and yet the works are taking a toll. Summoned into purpose to reap what he promised. What you desire is noble and honest. Co-laborers needed to level up your fields. Plow, plant, water, harvest to yield. Your vision and growth will manifest. Lay your spirit to rest with all you invest. A fresh season upon you, waiting to flourish, requiring your faith and works to nourish. Are you ready to reap your harvest? Correct. No, you're right, Tamara. I think you're right. I like you said that money for the kingdom. And I'll just say one more example. My pastor, I asked him, uh, my pastor meeting uh, several, you know, different areas, but um, I said, what do you do on stage? He said, uh, his pastor Carlin is his name. So he, he's not online at all, Facebook, all the, but I'm going to show him this. But pastor Carlin, he has a raspy voice. Oh, praise the Lord. Are oh, you a fine young man? <laughs> pastor Carlin, he has a big beard, but he said, Ramon, when I'm up front, I won't, I'll stop mimicking him because I'll laugh. But he said, uh, he said, I pray always as he's talking. God, keep me humble. And he said one day some pride came into his mind while he was on stage in front of thousands of people. And he was begging God, please, God, have mercy. Don't let my mind go play because <laughs> he knows how God works. God, oh, yeah. you'll be standing there. Ex- Exodus. Where's Exodus? You, God will make you look. Is that even a Bible? Is that even in the Bible? Yes. Did I make that word up? Exactly. So he was saying, Ramon, I just prayed, or maybe he went blank for a minute. Something happened, and he was saying, God, I'm sorry, I'm humble, and then the anointing came back. So, well, that is kind of how I felt on Saturday during that conference. Yeah. It wasn't the pride thing; sure. I just freaked out before I went on stage because everything I had created yes. went out of my mind. And God was like, that's not what you're going to teach about. I'm like, what am I going to teach about? And there was no response. Like literally he was silent and I just had to steward the timing, the creation. I had a bunch of people who were about to pass out forks. I had no idea how that was going to play into the conversation. And I just, you know, you just let it go. And so I'm curious when you've been on this journey and even perhaps after your kids have been out of the nest and it's just you and your wife, 28 years is such a gift, such an amazing thing to learn from you about, um, is how have you been able to release what your expectation of your life has been or perhaps what that entrepreneurial journey would look like and allow it to be led by the Holy Spirit? That's a great question. I think one thing I've done, Tamara, is that I've actively, I have a private WhatsApp group just for, you know, people in my church, my community. So I've, I've told them already, I think I may have edited this based on somebody from your team or you, but God is my uh, business development, head of my business development. I've changed that to God as my CEO because that was like somebody else. But my point is that's actively what I do, Tamara. Uh, to my shame, the last several months, I've kind of not said it so much, but that's what I've started to do is I've reaffirmed my faith only in the past five years. I was preacher's kid, right? But only in the past five to six years, I reaffirmed my faith on fire for God. But um, is that God, is that pausing? God, you guide me. God, you're the center. This is your business. Uh, so I've really purposely made it God focused. Again, many Christians around us, some of us share it as part of their business. That's not how I telegraph it, but if you get one inch deeper, you know who Ramon's about. <laughs> so is that helpful that I answer the question? I hope it I- does. It does. And I think a lot of people, especially listeners, 
are in the space where they don't know where to position their faith in what they do. Even though it's naturally and organically a creation piece of who they are because it's their gift, because it's their talent, because it was an idea or a God deposit, I like to call it. Like Mm -hmm. he deposited that dream. You didn't cultivate it out of thin air. How would you suggest people uh, come to a place of peace over the fact that they're not necessarily a Christian based something, but they have the heartbeat of the Christian belief system and God as their CEO, and they can still go out in the quote unquote secular workforce? That is a great question. A few things off the top of my mind. One, surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, whether you're hanging out with the Tamaras of the world or Ramones, whoever take your pick in your community, that's one. Two, definitely a tight-knit group of fellow warriors. Every Tuesday, there's five guys who meet for about a half an hour. We talk about our wives. We talk about our kids. We talk about all kinds of things. We cry together, pray together. But that's like my bro team. Every Tuesday, it's in my calendar. So that's two, surrounding yourself with people. And I think three is that understand that we all, God has called us all. So there's no shame in that. Just those who are thinking, man, I wish I could. No, if you are a child of God, if you're a lover of Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, check that first. That's it. And we're all called differently. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't know the, I mean, I know the story well, but I'm not gonna take the time to unpack it here. But I'm guessing that Daniel had a different jam and vibe than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? In fact, he did. They're not the ones who like prayed to the the guy who's going to cut their heads off, right? You have Joseph. He had a different vibe and way he acted than that. So you have these men and women in the Bible who are dedicated, committed Christians. Some of them were like, stop. I'm going to make you go blind if you don't, whatever. Others were like more calm, you know, so... Does it make sense what I'm saying, Tamara? As I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm confusing myself. No, it makes makes complete sense. And I love that there's like, right, there's freedom in that variation of expression. And we're obviously uniquely qualified in those different areas to do what he's called us to do. I think the question I often get is people not wanting to be misconstrued as not in their faith because when they go to work, they're not wearing that hat. Let let me tell you this one. Yeah. We are always being watched. So to encourage people, you are always being watched. You won't believe, and I cry very easily, Tim. I feel like I'm going to cry again. You can't believe the people that come up to me after an event. Are you a Christian? They're looking around like, like a secret. I'm like, then I play with them and look around. Yeah. So my point being is that some people, right, grow for God, right? Conference God. It's above. Here's what we're all about. But others, no shame, your light still can shine. And that's actually even harder. You know, you're walking along and some dude says, yo, check check this out, check that out. Or, Do you want to have this, have that, and the other? Feel what I mean? You're at a hotel alone, whatever. People watching you. People, the, the 10 people in the room, two of them knows what you, who you proclaim to be in the Uber car. And the others get a censure something because you didn't laugh at this joke. You didn't look this way, you didn't do this. So my point being, being encouraged, your light shining. Because especially if you're living for him, you can't hide it. And so many people, Tamara, they, they either confuse of what I am he, he must be this religion or that religion, you know, <laughs> and then they, are you a Christian? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had the, like, what kind of Christian are you conversation? What, well, what does that mean to yeah. you? Yeah. And honestly, I've found that the more ingrained I've come into my understanding of, of the word, my relationship with Jesus versus the religion side of what a church expectation or doctrine might be, I actually am flagged by the type of Christians that do exist. And it's a hard conversation to have because you never want to call out your own brother or sister. But there's also like, I believe this importance for us 
as a connected community, both vertically and horizontally, to level people to a sense of responsibility and um, heighten them to a sense of awareness of things like humility, things like pride, things like um, conscious living, environmentally being sound, like all of the pieces that I think are truly a part of the heart of the Father, but maybe aren't represented in the church the way that most people right. would hope that they would be. And it's why a lot of people flee from Christianity, and it's super sad. I had that same issue, Tamara, exactly what you're talking about, in an open Facebook post. People can search for it. It'd be hard to find it because it's so buried deep. But a, fe- a fellow Christian, and again, anybody that says they love Jesus, I believe them except Christ, that's a given. You know, So I'm not going there. But meaning, the point I'm trying to make, and he goes to my church, by the way, Tamara, goes to my church. So I posted something, and those who know me well said, Ramon, I don't get political. But once in a while, if the line's here, Ramon goes right here. That's just me. I'm a public figure, as you are, but we choose to express that differently. So certain things... If you read between the lines, you know what I'm saying. Point is, I did something. This guy, he flamed another another a girl who was on the chat. He flamed her. And I had to publicly, nicely berate him. But the point I was trying to make, Tamara, I think you're saying this, is that he's a Christian. I'm not that type of Christian. See what he just said? No, I did, I'm not calling her that. So I have to somehow do that if I'm, if I'm hearing what you're saying. Because, listen, we all have a walk. We all have a faith. But those who are like, you know, take my good old pen again. Oh, these people are evil. They're wicked. I'm the first to jump up and say, hey, I'm wicked too. I'm evil. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I 100% do. I think that it, the imperfection, right, and the simplicity of the understanding that we're all human at the core level. Uh, this was our conversation we were starting around diversity mm-hmm. and equity and racism and all of these different pieces that you and I are both really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And why I think that the partnership that we've created is even that much more powerful in the people understanding, oh, wow, they when they say brother and sister, this is what they mean, rather than just this figurative, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but behind your back or even to your face nowadays, this is the the combat that's going to exist in. No, for sure, for sure. And there's nothing worse than even talking about these five guys. We didn't even start uh, with what the dom- denomination is and all those things. Only we, we met together for the first time in person, like at, at a retreat, five guys retreat. Our wives were so jealous. Can we come? Uh, not this year, you know? <laughs> yeah, but afterwards we got into denomination and stuff. But to your point, Tamara, we just started being five guys who love each other and love Jesus. That's the common core. And it works. I love it. I love it. And I'm curious because I have a, a, quite a few friends who are PK kids. You've met actually two of them at the conference. You might not know that they're PK kids, okay. but Anthony Hart is a PK kid. And Joseph Stallings, who was the lead singer of the Session yes. Collective, is also a PK kid to the point that they were going to start a podcast called The PK Kids. I don't know if that's exactly what they'll land on, but I think it's a really interesting uh, piece. And you mentioned it briefly that you maybe not fully wayward, but you had that prodigal experience after being raised in a home like that. What would you say to either the child who is currently a PK kid or the prodigal who um, is looking or searching for something different than what they experienced as a child? Yeah. And the summary of it, just to recap that, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, but didn't know Jesus, but I was raised in a home, you know, as they say, you can work at McDonald's and not be a hamburger or something like that. But, <laughs> it's so good. I love that. Something like that. But I was that. And then I did have an experience, but I don't know, you know, some people, those listening or you, Tamara, you were saved 27 times before you're 18. You know, you went to the altar and all those things. But point is, and I did, I was saved, baptized, all these things. The point is I went away from God. Then my son, he was old enough. He left our home in a contentious way, but in a good way. We we loved him and talked to him, but he left our home. He wanted to live his life. So when he left him, I had to decide, 
okay, I don't have to kind of pretend anymore. I don't have to, and my daughter was there. I loved her, but relationship was different. I don't have to just have a, a young man next to me to be an example. Let's read the Bible, son. Oh, I don't, I'm free. And that was for like 30 seconds, metaphorically. I had to really think, is there a God? Who is it? Is it Jesus or somebody else? I had to walk, a PK. I had to walk myself in re-salvation myself and thank God the equation I got to do to some things my father went to, he died due to some duress, but but it was part of his faith that really helped me. So what I'm trying to say is that helped. So to the prodigal, to the PK, I think that a few things I'll say is that one main thing is you have to have your own salvation. I think many of us have been pressured to, oh, Tamara said I got to wear red shirts all day, especially depending on how conservative and, you know, your, your family was. And... Uh, your parents are love you, assuming they did and did the best they could. They, they thought you had to wear red shirts on Thursday night, <laughs> right? Tamara, you know where I'm going, right? I they, know exactly what you're you know, talking They about. said you have to or bad things will happen to you. I'll leave it at that to be gentle. But you, you got to wear the red shirts. You wear jeans to church, yes. over, right? It's All like those you things. You have to wear a dress, I guess. Yes. And maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. Who knows? My point is, as you're an adult now, you have to experience Jesus Christ for yourself. And as I say, you know, reading your Bible prayer Focus on that and do that as best you can and forgive us. Forgive us who've not shown Christ where we should. Me as a father, I've had to ask my children to forgive me for some things I've done, but in my innocence, wanting them to do right. So I hope that's helpful, but understand Jesus on your own. There's all, why you have a breath, there's time to come back. And if you don't believe, maybe you believe in God, you're not sure which version as it were you believe in, pray, talk to others. Get help from somebody who you trust. Maybe who maybe you've been hurt by person X. You've been hurt by Ramon, but 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 you you know I have a good heart, but you just can't stand to talk to me. Call Tamara, as it were, in this conversation. You know the three of us. You know what I mean. So that's some things I would help. But that's what brought me back was just also the conversation with others in my church who I wasn't bitter with. Who who were the cool guy, right? Who were like I said, brother. His name was Brian. Me and him sat in the car, and I cursed him out, cried him out, yelled at him, and he was like, "It's okay." I got you. Go ahead. And, I, and that was a part that I could just open up to him. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot of power in that understanding of like, we start looking through an empathetic lens when we come into that relationship, because everyone who has tried to deposit or has done the best that they can, you actually give that credit to, you give that honor to versus pointing the finger that they didn't do it right or well enough. And it's their fault that we're in a specific situation. I've definitely been in that own state in my own heart and in relationships and so many things that it took my like utter surrender and my hands like open to say it was nobody's fault. It's my also my choice. That's the free will component. And I see what Jesus has done in every relationship that I've had. um, And I'm grateful for that. One of the things that I wanted to circle back to, which is going to pivot this conversation to like the finale point here is, is this understanding of this word that you use in your branding? And I don't know if you've ever heard my take on hustle. Have you ever heard my take on hustle? I don't think so to my shame, but tell me. So I I have a hard time with this hustle culture concept, right? Mainly because of the same thing that I shared on stage, like busy uh, versus intentional, Uh, even the word grind. Because the Bible, you know, tells us that his, his burden is light, right? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so when I think about hustling and I think about grinding, I think it it triggers inside of me the rat wheel of the American dream that I lived on for nearly a decade, Um, really three decades, but 
consciously from 20 to 30, where I was entrepreneurship business, and this is going to tie back to our initial conversation, I was grinding and also checking the box of getting married, finishing college, getting married, having a baby, having another baby, boyfriend, girl, like all of those things. And recognizing that I was completely burnt out and I was living on supersonic speed um, and realizing that hustling, no matter what I was doing in any facet of life, was actually leading me to burnout, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and a separateness from God. And so when I came into like a new pace, and that's the opposite word that I would use is like this pace and structure and alignment that we can live in doesn't mean I'm less busy, doesn't mean I'm less overwhelmed sometimes, especially as an entrepreneur, doesn't mean that I'm not waking up at the wee hours of the morning and going to sleep. Actually, I go to bed really early. My community knows this about me. But I'm curious, when you went to name Smart Hustle, what does that mean to you? Uh, Because it doesn't mean my lens is right or wrong. It's just my particular take on it. I love the choice to uh, describe it. And I'll probably use this to describe Smart Hustle. But before I do it, let me ask you two questions uh, uh, first. May I, may I be the host for 10 seconds? Uh, I love it when you do this. Go. Hey, everybody. My name is Ramon Ray. Welcome to the Tamara Andrus Podcast, Fit and Faith Podcast. I'm Ramon Ray, your host. Tamara couldn't be here today, but I got Oh, Tamara is here, in fact. Um, Tamara, so I, no. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All right. <laughs> let me, I'm going to answer the question, but indirectly first. If I made this may go wrong, we'll see. Um, but I think your only two answers are going to be yes. Is it fair to say, Tamara, that vomit is a very nasty word? Yes. Okay. If Myron Golden was vomiting nuggets of science, dropping marketing science, he was just vomiting science, would you buy and eat that vomit, Tamara? I would, because I love Myron Golden. <laughs> no, no, I will just explain it, but I think you know where I'm going. So you're right. Uh, you're not alone in that. Seth Godin and others hustle the grind, so you're right. But the definition I make is that, as I know you do in, the, in this lens, the hustle, simply the hard work. You can't figure it out. Click funnels and keep and AWeber. All this is not working. WordPress. Oh my God. What do I do? HTML. Oh, I got the greater than sign wrong. That's why my website got screwed up. Podcast camera. Which one do I get? Oh, why do I have to get? Why does this thing squeak? Oh my God. It's out of the frame. All that stuff. That's the hustle we all go through, right? All entrepreneurs. So that's the definition. But watch why I say smart hustle, which is probably what you like, is the aspect of do it intelligently. Do it smart. Take time. Be healthy. Spend time with your family. Explain to them how you make your money. I could go on, but that's the thank you for allowing me to say that. Brilliant. Brilliant. I didn't get to ask that on your show because I wasn't the host. Next time, I'm just going to take it over. I love it. I love that a lot. And I honestly, even when I was like conceptualizing it, when I first learned about it before really learning about you. Sure. I, again, had that trigger experience where I actually took the smart even almost away. I couldn't look past it because of that. And now hearing you share it, I'm like, oh, that's so good. It's very similar to a program that I created called the Joyful Entrepreneur because people don't put joy really in entrepreneurship as they should, right? They don't put the smart in the hustle and they should. And so I really think that's fun. And I love playing with acronyms. So now I feel called to create an acronym for smart before hustle. So that way we can like help people formulate it. Cause you're so good at like the one, two, three, four, go back, you circle it. You do such a good job. I love words. And I think I'm going to make you an acronym as a gift. Thank you. I will accept it. 
Good. So you guys, if you have not already been enthralled by the incredible conversation that we had right now, you have got to get in touch with all things Ramon Ray, all things Smart Hustle. You've got to get his book, The Celebrity CEO. What other areas? I think you're on Instagram most, but I'll let you. Is there something you want to share with the audience that we haven't yet unpacked? Yeah, just to say, listen, I, I love being here. Love everything Tamara and her team do as we've gotten to know each other more and more and more. I'm the number one Tamara fan. Well, probably number 17 or 25 Tamara fan. 17 is um, my lucky number. You said it shows a good there one. There we go. Uh, but just really keep working hard. You will fail. You will fall on your face. I'm assuming that those who are listening to my sound of my voice or watching this video, 80% of you may be people of faith. So Keep your faith strong. That will hold on to you and keep doing what you do. And Tamara was kind enough to say smarthustle.com. I can mention a thousand different places, but you can just Google Ramon Ray. No Enye, no Y, not Ramoncito, not Rayman. Hola, como esta? I'm not even Spanish, but I can pretend I'm Spanish. But I love Jesus, love God. I love the hustle. And Tamara, thank you for having me here. Te amo, Jesus. Ah, adios. Adios, señorita, hermana. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.